In a world where three pudgy middle school history teachers discuss random aspects of history. Well, that's... that's all I got. No, Hatfield, we got you. Yeah, I, Wait, who you calling pudgy? Yeah, man, that's kind of rude. No, I'm rude. It's the History Bros Podcast. <laughs> History Bros coming at you. Jason Rude, Jason Hatfield, Brian Geldmacher on hey. the mic. S- Mike's multiple. How you doing, boys? Great. Good. Good. Fantastic. How are you? You know, I'm I'm doing well. Uh, we're hanging on on in there. Uh, you know, just making making it all happen. So looking for bacon. Yeah. Look, well, yeah. I mean, we got some bacon sizzling because you know it's. Well, I, we got a lot of bacon around right now. We just got another pig. So, but that's well, not. Wait, what... oh, can I can I ask real quick how many pigs? How many like, pig do we go through in do, a year? Well, no. How many pigs like are do you have on like your or your your uncle your yeah. relatives have on there? My father in law has about a thousand total. Usually, it's less a little less than that. It's not like he's not like a major pork producer with the the huge buildings. He's more on the genetic side, so you usually have fewer pigs, but they sell for a little higher dollar mm. just because of what they're doing with them. Um, but yeah. They're- they're making them sentient and uh, they're show pigs. And the, the thing about the thing about show pigs uh, and, and pig shows, especially when you start talking about some of the jackpot shows, you can win tens of thousands of dollars with that. So it just fabulous prizes. Yeah, well, it, it can be so. But we're not here to talk about pigs. We're here to talk about no. Iowa. Oh, wait, that's the same uh, thing. Uh, no, that wasn't a very <laughs> kind of <laughs> synonymous, really. Some days, some days. No, uh, you know, lately we've been putting out uh, video content on uh, YouTube with our YouTube channel, which you can like and subscribe to right there on the YouTube. It's the History Bros on on YouTube there. Um, and we've had two series coming out. One was Hatfield Histories, which we've talked about a little bit. And the other one is called Stories from the Road. And mm-hmm. uh, we'd kind of like to talk about some of our stories from the road. And mm. today we're going to take on the topic of one of them that's come out about the field of dreams. You guys know what that is? No, tell me. It, um, <laughs> it's just basically where where dreams come true. Well, here's the tie. So it was Kevin Costner that played Devil Lance Hatfield in the Hatfields and McCoys miniseries. Ah, here we go. And it's also Kevin Costner, who plays the lead role in the movie Field of Dreams that came out in 1989, about a farmer who plows under his baseball field, or excuse me, plows under his cornfield to put in a baseball field so that his dead father will come back and they can reconcile. That seems to be a perfectly reasonable storyline. And it's also the same Kevin Costner who was on a a planet made of water. (laughs) Yeah, that's true too. That's right. He did do Waterworld. But we won't speak of that again. Right. But anyway, uh, you know... It, now, this is an iconic film. It is an iconic is, film. Yeah, and it is... Um, and the thing is, is that uh, that field of dreams, the actual location, that's 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 there. That's like... Yeah. It's a real yeah. thing. So the story the story behind all that is the... Uh, and I, I, it, the name is escaping me, but there was a location scout that went out looking for the right farm in Iowa 
to build this. And she hmm. found it on the Lansing farm just outside of a place called Dyersville, Iowa, which is also the home to the National Farm Tractor Toy Museum, if you ever wanted to see it. Uh, huge Ertl collection there. In fact, I think Ertl might even be produced there. Uh, if you remember the old Ertl tractors, I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. they're, they're from Dyersville. But anyway, uh, she finds this farm and uh, talked to the, to the landowners, and they said, yeah, sure, we'll do this. And at the, so they filmed the movie, and uh, what I, I didn't realize this until this year, but apparently there was a massive drought, and a lot of the corn crops were just pathetic that year. Uh, and so they ended up having to irrigate the field around the movie site just so that they could have corn for the field. And it was basically the only, <laughs> the, the, the original owner said, it, I think it might have been the best year he had ever had at that point because of the irrigation while everybody else was kind of suffering. So, um, you know, win some, lose some there. But anyway, sure. at the end of it, he finally says, you know, after production of the movie is done, he says, you know, this is kind of neat. I think I'm going to keep the field. And he did. And so... Uh, it's become a, a site that can be visited. And, of course, the movie went on uh, to become uh, a pop culture classic, uh, still played today, uh, you know, in syndication widely. Everybody knows about it, uh, I think. I would like to think at least. Um, oh, sure. You know, it's an iconic movie. And so when people come through uh, Iowa, they, they get a lot of visitors there. And, of course, now it's had a bit of a rebirth since in 2000, uh, 2021, September, or not September, August, of 2021 here, uh, they played a baseball game there. And I don't mean just yeah. like any baseball game. I mean a Major League Baseball game. And that was cool. Mm. Did, did either of you get a chance to tune into that? Yeah, it was kind of cool to watch. Um, it was, uh, you know, obviously knowing the whole story around the, the, the ball field and, and the movie and whatnot, it was, it was cool to see them make uh, efforts to kind of connect the two. It was really cool to see Kevin Costner standing on the field to look back and and to watch the ball players come out, literally come out of the cornfield. That was that was such a cool touch. Yes, yes. And- I didn't get it. I didn't get a chance to see that. I was, uh, but I was a little confused about where the the game was being played. <laughs> I know that there were two. I thought it was just there. I didn't realize that there were. But but then they're showing the video. I'm like, that does not look like the same set. That <laughs> looks not. very built up. It is. So could you explain that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So the original movie site is very close to the uh, the house, the, the, the iconic White House with the picket fence. And then there's a barn in the background. Um, and the, the thing about it is people said, well, they're not playing on the original field. Well, you really can't. And here's why. Uh, first off, that field is only about 330, 340 feet deep. Um, it, they had enough home runs that night as it was. Uh, yeah, everything really. would have been in the corn had they played on the original the original field there. The other thing, and this is you, you can kind of see it a little bit when you look, when you watch the video from Field of Dream, the one that I put out. Um, right field has a pretty big incline, and I don't mean like oh, it's just kind of sloping so the water runs. I mean, you get into right like right center field, and it starts to go up. And, I mean, you're running uphill if you've got to make a catch in right right field. <laughs> I mean, it's noticeable. <laughs> um, huge slope out there. Uh, so so it, it was not a field that could be easily converted. And, you know, if you're going to if you're gonna do it, you have to have fans. You can't just use the stands that they've got around the original. Uh, you know, you, if you remember the, in the movie, um, that's where uh, James Earl Jones is walking up to um, the uh, Kevin Costner's character 
uh, and uh, oh, the redheaded guy. I can't think of his name now. Timothy Busfield. Timothy Busfield. There you go. And he's talking about people will come. Well, that bleacher section is still there. It's very small, but it's still there. <laughs> like 50 people most. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I've sat on it. That's where we when, when we, we took a class field trip in sixth grade down there. And uh, that's where we had lunch was on the bleachers at Field of oh, Dreams. Cool. So, I mean, I've been, I've been there a couple times now. In fact, I went there the first day it was open after the big game. I was there that Monday. Uh, and that's, that's when I was filming all this stuff. Um, so the, the field that they filmed the movie on was not really playable for a major league game. Sure. Um, not to do it right. So what they did is they went, oh, probably four or 500 feet to the south, I think it is, and uh, built a major league specked out ballpark with the grandstands, with the press box, with mm -hmm. the whole nine yards. And then in between the two, they put in a corn maze. Yeah. And oh, so in the, in the shape of the MLB logo, if I'm not mistaken. That is correct. That yeah. is correct. Yeah, yeah. And so they were basically the two fields were facing each other, so to speak. So if you were looking at home plate, you're kind of looking at each other. Mm hmm. Um, and so you had the corn as the common denominator in the middle. Um, so uh, that that's what was going on there. And again, that was so that you'd have a regulation field to be able to play this Major League Baseball game on uh, without having literally everything they hit, every pop fly going out of the out of the ballpark. Mm -hmm. And I mean, they hit. I um. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, I I was uh, going to say that I think that the uh, I w had read that. Uh, because of the shooting schedule, they had to hire uh, sodling companies that did uh, Dodger Stadium and the Rose Bowl. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But the, which I mean, the amount of work just to clear that space and make that must have been in and of itself. Oh, absolutely. So when they first announced it, I had reached out to MLB, and in fact, the day after, I think it was the day after my brother fell and had his accident. I talked to a guy from MLB and recorded a, an interview with him hmm. um, about this topic uh, as far as building the new field. And uh, oh, wow. that process, so that was, what, uh, December of 2019, and they played hmm. the game a year and a half later. Now, granted, they, had, they would have been ready to go in 2000, but COVID happened. 2020. And, yeah, 2020, sorry. Yeah, you're right. Uh, so COVID happened, uh, and of course, then the game didn't, um, which gave them more time to work on things. But I mean, it's 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 pretty unbelievable the amount of work that gets done and how quickly they were able to put that together once the ground thawed out. Uh, there's actually a guy from just down the road that was part of that crew uh, from from the area here, um, but a uh, couple different companies that have done this. And of course, this isn't the first temporary stadium they've built. Uh, they did it out at the Little League World Series. They did one in England. Uh, I think they did one other site at one point. So, I mean, this is not exactly a, an entirely new concept, but it certainly was ex ex executed very, very well. Yeah, they did a great job. I actually got a chuckle at one point watching the game. Uh, my wife comes in the room and she hands me her phone. It's, it's a tweet from uh, <laughs> from the actress Melissa Gilbert of Little House on the Prairie. Oh, no. And, it, and she said, <laughs> we're watching the baseball ba baseball game, but my husband can't see the players. <laughs> and if you know why that's funny, she's married to Timothy Busfield. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> nice. it, gave me, it gave me a nice chuckle. It was great. 
but the, uh, <laughs> the 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 I, so the and of course the game and we'll we'll talk about that here just a little bit. The game itself was was executed well. The pre the pregame was very well thought out and well executed. And then of course the game just turned out to be one of those classic games that would be classic no matter where it was played. Um, but to have the, the movie style ending where where uh, the Yankees are down. Uh, three three or four runs, I think, hit two home runs to take the lead and then have a walk-off home run uh, by Tim Anderson of the White Sox mm-hmm. at the end of it. You, you, you know, that's, that's a movie script right there, and it just played itself out. One of the things that they said was the last time – what was it? Oh, goodness, I'm going to butcher the stat. The last time someone hit a walk-off to end the game against the Yankees, like a three-run in the ninth – uh, it's only happened three times, and one of the people was Shoeless Joe Jackson. Oh wow! Mm. I think I saw that on TV, like as it, right after it happened. Oh wow! Well, that's it's a- just an unreal like. Oh yeah. Tie in. Oh, without a doubt, yeah, and, and and that was the thing uh, is there was a million different tie-ins, uh, you know, and and for the state of Iowa, let's face it, there's not necessarily a lot going on here on a regular basis. Uh, and so it was. It was big. I mean, for as far as events go in Iowa, it was extremely well talked about, um, extremely well advertised, and it, it was a huge, huge, big deal. Uh, I tried to get credentialed, and I I couldn't get credentialed. That's how many people were there. Um, and then on top of that, my brother got to go and work it as a trooper, and I was really jealous. And the worst part of the whole thing is, at one point in the late in the game, ninth inning. I just wanted to hear the crowd. I just wanted to hear it. So far, I called him. He's like, "What?" Right. I said, "I just want to hear it." He's like, uh, "He's like, <laughs> what, what do you mean?" And he goes, I, "I gotta go." And not 15 seconds later, uh, Judge hit that first home run, and I oh, went wow. over the pop of the crowd, and I didn't get to hear it, and I was so mad. <laughs> oh my gosh! But you know, when you think about the historical context of that movie, um, it, it doesn't necessarily. I mean, maybe there's the villain of, of Busfield's character saying, "You gotta, you gotta sell." But is there truly, is there a real, I don't, I don't know even know if he's truly a villain. You know, it, it, it's not a movie that's about somebody trying to avenge the, the, the whatever that's happened, you know. Um, it's a story about trying to rediscover your father, essentially. I mean, he's mm. the, he was what you would consider an antagonist, but he's not like the full-blown right. superhero movie villain. Right, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I mean, and it's not really until the very end of the movie that you really see him come on strong as that, that uh, I'm right. going to do something to threaten what you're trying to do here. You know? Right. And and then, you know, the daughter chokes on a hot dog and we get to have an amazing moment with, uh, <laughs> oh, who was the actor that played the old oh, guy? Oh, you put us on the spot like this? I'm oh, sorry. man. It's Moonlight Graham is the character and he, he has to, you know, step out and, and basically give up this dream after... He got to have his one at bat that he always wanted. That's uh, it's uh, is that Burt Lancaster? Yes, Burt Lancaster. Lancaster. There you Thank go. You. Yeah. There you go. You know, so I mean, it just it, it really hits at a lot of themes, and I think that's what makes it timeless, because yeah. we can oh yeah, it, it, we can all empathize with that character. Give you know, having his opportunity, getting the one chance, but then realizing that he had a larger calling and purpose in life. You know, mm-hmm. and we can we can empathize with somebody who had a strained relationship with their parent at some point and would like, you know, would give anything to go back and repair that relationship. Uh, we can empathize with Shoeless Joe, who, whether he did it or whether he didn't do it, I, I'm not going to get into that de- debate, but 
has been lost to you know a, a great that's been lost to history because of something that he may or may not have really been involved with. Right. You know, so I mean, it's just there's so many storylines in that movie that really hit and resonate. Oh yeah, oh, it's it's. I mean, it's obviously a classic. I mean, the, just the you build it and they will come kind of thing is just. I mean, that's that's been repeated. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's they just. I mean, you. you I mean, you. It, 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 you. They use that just as almost even a cast off in some cases, but people know exactly you know what they're referencing and what the meaning behind it is. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. And that's, um, now, how many times have you been there, would you say? I've been there twice. Um, oh, just okay. Yeah, so the first time – well, no, that's not true. I've been there three times. The first time I was there was in 96 as a part of a class trip, and uh, uh, we we even played a game. We played games out on the field. Uh, so, I mean, I've gotten a bat, at mm. least one at bat, on the Field of Dreams. Um, <laughs> the second time I was going down that direction for a conference. It was actually kind of a crap, cold, crappy day. Uh, and uh, – um, I had two guys with me, one from Wisconsin and one from, I think he was from, well, originally from St. Louis, but he grew up in Iowa. Uh, and they'd never been there. And I said, well, we're driving within three miles of it. Let's run out there real quick. So we, we took the gravels to get out there. Uh, and nice. then this last time uh, was that Monday after the game. And first off, the the, the most impressive thing that, that got me right away was they paved the road. So you don't have to drive gravel to get back there anymore. <laughs> that was really nice. Um, but then what we turn the corner and we're like we're coming in from the north and you can see the the stadium that rose up that they just played the the major league game on which is like oh that's kind of neat and so I've got some I think I've got some video kind of from that angle as we're driving in but then when we turn the corner and started driving north to head to the actual parking lot there were more cars there than I could ever have imagined <laughs> i mean i thought they were playing the game that day there were so many people there i've never seen it so busy and mm. and later on i went back and and i did uh i didn't go back but I, I had talked to one of the people that works at baseballism um and her name is escaping me right now wonderful interview i should have gotten her on here for us um but uh she was talking about how after you know leading up to it they were pretty busy the day of they they smashed all company records that they had for baseballism which is a uh, baseball dedicated gift site basically you know mm-hmm. all shirts uh all things baseball uh sure. and and she said that they have been just packed you know ever had at that time that was that interview took place a week or so after the fact and they've been just they'd been just packed in there uh busy to the point where i mean they, she could barely break away to do the interview uh, <laughs> because they've been so darn busy um, mm. And of course, it's open from sun. Uh, what is it? Uh, daylight to sunset, I think it is, every oh, wow. day. So I mean, you can go there anytime you want, um, and and have a catch with your dad if you want, or whoever. That's, that's awesome. cool. And that's, that's what I did. Awesome. I when I took the, the I took my two kids with me, and we had a catch. No, oh, that's neat. So it was it was it's a neat place. Uh, if you ever get a chance, if you're driving through, it's it's well worth your time to visit there, even if they didn't well, credential me. <laughs> not their fault that was mlb we'll blame mlb for that one but uh sure yeah so see there not everything in iowa is just pigs no it's corn. no there's corn there's corn <laughs> yeah, yes we have corn as well and i if, think we've established that right 
<laughs> yes, we have established that, we, and uh, we have made no bones about that. <laughs> but I guess it, I guess the movie would have been a little bit different had they cleared a pig farm and put the the thing out. You know, the well, I'm not the saying there. there weren't pigs on that farm. They just didn't take down. No, the pig I mean, buildings. but you can imagine the players, uh, you know, becoming visible walking through herds of pigs. Right. That's a little <laughs> bit different. A little right. bit different. <laughs> right. I will say, and I I hate admitting this. I hate to say this. When we were there that Monday, it smelled so badly of pig farm. <laughs> I don't know what what direction the wind was blowing, but obviously there was a hog farm close. And I don't mean like, oh, they got a couple, you know, pigs in the in the pet in the barn over there. It was full on like confinement, a couple buildings. You you could tell. Uh, oh, it well, was. You could tell. Let, let me. Well, let me ask you this. So um, I read that in July of 2010, mm-hmm. the farm that contained the field was for sale. Yeah. And it so, was sold in 2011 to the Go the Distance Baseball LLC. Correct. For what they believe may have been a little over $5 million. Yeah. So here's what, here's what happened. There was a lot of controversy. In fact, in 2010, 2011, there's a lot of people who thought that that field was going to get plowed back under and we were going to lose the whole, mm. whole site. And so what happened is the Lansings, I think, were get, looking to get out of farming, and so they were going to sell the farm. But the problem is the field actually sits on two different pieces of property. Ah. And so you had one family that wanted to keep it. In fact, originally this is what happened. Uh, the, the, the one family wanted to keep it. Uh, the Lansing family, family wanted to keep it. The other wanted to put it back into corn. And I think eventually the Lansings finally either got an easement or bought it. I don't, can't remember, but there was a big argument over what to do it again with it again in 2010 and then go the distance, bought it and basically bought up the whole site. Um, and, and so, so is it just the site of the field or is it also, because what I was curious I think about also is that I think if it, if it also holds some of the corn, who's maintaining the corn just for that? You well, know? so more than likely, and this is where I'd have to do a little more research. Uh, there's ground in Iowa. It is very common for somebody to own, to own land and they just rent it out. So some farmer rents the land and they're growing the corn off of that. So um, my guess is that it's rented, rented ground. So okay. go the distance probably owns it, and then they rent the, that that out with the stipulations of here's what you got to do. It's got to be corn every year. It's got to be in this direction, you know, because of the whatever. Um, and and uh, there's some great stories about you know we had massive storms come through right before that game, like two three days before the game, and knocked down a bunch of corn. So they actually had to go out there and use fiberglass rods to stand some of the some of it back up. Oh wow! Um, I mean, it was yeah, it, it got pretty hairy through, uh, here right before that. Um, but there was also talk of wanting to develop a, uh, a multi-field complex where you could come out and have uh, little league tournaments and softball and baseball tournaments, and that kind of fell through as well. And then eventually, uh, the woman who was behind it, she actually passed away of cancer here uh, about a year ago, but she was the one who was behind getting the MLB game there and making that happen. Um, I wish I could remember her name off the top of my head. I, I can't. Uh, but that that's how this finally came about to have the, the major league game there. So there's been a lot of different talk about what to do with the site related to baseball. And there's been a mm-hmm. lot of controversy, you know, within, within what they were going to do and what the neighbors wanted and whatnot. And so, oh yeah, you're, it's you're not wrong. They're able to keep it though. Yeah. yeah. That's, oh, that's absolutely. Great. Exactly. I mean, that's the thing is we were talking in a, in other episodes, we've talked about how we lose our history. Well, you know, this may be recent history and it may be sports history, 
but it's history nonetheless and very iconic. And they get a lot. They get over a million visitors a year. Well, there there is something to be said, and I know people. There's I'm sure there's plenty of people that are like, well, that's stupid. It's movies. Who cares? But there are certain movies, right? And I think obviously, Field of Dreams is one of them that that it is in the best interest of whatever community to to preserve something like that. That's Absolutely. it's such a a different movie set. You know, it's right. not. A, a New York downtown streetscape. It's not, you know, it, it, this is something that is certainly obscure uh, and it does deserve a little more attention. Right. Um, there, uh, there's a very famous, uh, I can't think of the uh, movie I'm thinking of, but um, you know, I, there are definitely cases to be made for uh, specific movies to, to, have their sets be preserved. I think that's, it's a great thing that they've done. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and of course you can uh, visit it's right on highway 20 there. And, uh, um, you know, just a few, you just follow the signs through town and it'll get you right out there and you can have a catch with whoever your special person is that you'd like to, uh, play catch with on the field there at field of dreams. So, uh, a great site, a great site, and I appreciate you guys giving me a chance to showcase my own state and show that it's not just corn, <laughs> it's just mostly corn. <laughs> but I got to say, before we close, one of my favorite moments, I think, of that movie is when um, Robert Redford hits the ball into the lights. Yeah, just, that's uh, great. Blows it all up. That mm. was isn't that, that the natural? Oh. Oh, what, did, oh, what, did oh. what did I say? <laughs> yeah, it's okay. <laughs> and I haven't seen that movie, but I know that that's probably what you're referencing because I know how you got a man crush on Robert Redford. Ooh, hello. Ooh. It's not about me. All right, well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. It's not Hatfield Histories at all. Hatfield Histories. That's true. Uh, but anyway, speaking of which, you can check out Hatfield Histories and Stories from the Road on YouTube uh, on uh, the History Bros uh, YouTube channel anytime you want on demand. We've got it out there. We'll have new stuff coming out every week or so. When we feel like it. <laughs> There's a, an eerie <laughs> silence from the person <laughs> editing our videos. Yeah. Anyway, that'll do it here for us on the History Bros for this episode. Thank you for tuning in. Have yourselves a good one, everybody. See ya. Peace out. Deuces. <laughs>